It's good to have you all. You may be seated. I'm going to dismiss our children downstairs as well. Renovation Church exists to glorify God by equipping all of Christ's people to live faithful lives of worship as we give every man, woman, and child an opportunity to hear and to respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Renovation Church, that is our mission statement. That's what we are committed to do as a church. Ten years old now. This is our first, well, this marks the day that we had our first service weekly. We were no longer worshiping at our parent church, Missio. We were quote-unquote, on your own, on our own. And so we come to this moment, and we wonder that statement that's 10 years old now that has shaped everything that we do. We wonder, is that simply a statement that's cute for the website and maybe some promotional materials that we can pass out? Or the question becomes, really, is this the overflow of our convictions together? And it shapes everything that we do. Maybe 10 years in, this is an important question for us to ask. Does our mission still matter to us? Does our mission still matter to us? I'm going to give you the answer right now from the leadership anyway. 100% yes, absolutely, it still matters to us. I want to give you three reasons why. Three reasons why our mission still matters. I'm going to invite Jason Shea. He's going to come forward, and he's going to read from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11 through 21. If you have your Bibles, grab it and follow along, or the words will be on the screen. Let's welcome Jason. Our passage this morning comes from the New Testament book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Verses 11 through 21. This is the word of the Lord. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. But what we are is known to God, and I hope it is known also to your conscience. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you cause to boast about us, so that you may be able to answer those who boast about outward appearance and not about what is in the heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ controls us, because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. 
From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Amen. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you so much for your provision, for your word. We ask that your spirit would work in us, teach us, uh, feed us, and change us. Make us more like Christ and show us all that you are and all that you have done in him. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Three reasons our mission still matters to us. All right, the first one is this. I'm going to give it to you straight up. No gimmickry today. We're just going for it. You ready? The first reason our mission still matters is because people still are living without reference to the coming judgment. Our mission still matters because people are still living without reference to the coming judgment. You say, well, where do you get that? Well, look at the first verse. Paul says in verse 11, Knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. What is he talking about the the fear of the Lord? This fear of the Lord that is uh, inspiring him to engage in persuasion. Well, if you look back at verse 10, he just told us. 2 Corinthians 5.10 For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. You see, Paul knew that there was a righteous and holy God to whom all were accountable to with their life and their actions. And Paul knew that History is beelining to a day in which every one of us will stand before Jesus and give an account. We, in our statement of faith, which we taught yesterday in our membership class, the very last paragraph, we confess this. Paragraph 20 on the judgment says this, God has appointed a day on which he will judge the world by Jesus Christ. When everyone shall receive according to his deeds, the wicked shall go into everlasting punishment, the righteous into everlasting life. Our mission still matters because we live in a world where people still are ignorant of this. People are assuming this is not the case. People are living their lives without reference to the fact that they are accountable to a holy God and that one day they will stand before Jesus 
in all of his glory and give an account for their life. I wonder if maybe that's even us today. We're so caught up in temporal realities. Maybe we misunderstand grace. Maybe we're confused about the kind of God that made us and what's expected and what's required. We're living our lives without reference to God's nature. We're doing whatever we want, living for ourselves, whatever pleasure in the moment that we have, we give ourselves over to those things. But Paul is saying that because he knows the fear of the Lord, he is entering into a ministry, a life of persuasion. He is persuading people about this. And so he understands that while he knows it, the reality of judgment, and maybe we know it, but we have to understand that thousands of people in our community don't. People in our lives, our families, our workplaces, they're living without reference to the final judgment. Eternity's at stake, friends. Our mission still matters because eternities are at stake. People don't know it. Matter of fact, Pew Research shows that most people don't believe in hell or any kind of judgment at all anymore. Matter of fact, you talk about hell, you talk about judgment, you talk about being accountable for your actions, you are offending people. It's an unwelcome thing. But Paul says, no matter what people feel about it, no matter if they want to hear it or not, no matter what cost it may be to my life and my reputation, he says, I know the fear of the Lord, and I am going to give myself over to a lifestyle and a ministry of persuasion. Because eternity is at stake. The lies of secularism, pluralism, and intolerance have blinded our world and the people that live in it to God's holiness and their accountability to Him. That should break our heart, friends. That should do something to us. That should move us. The people don't know what's coming. You have broken hearts for a lost world. That's where Paul is. And that's what motivates him. An awareness of judgment that is coming. That's what made his mission matter. That's what makes our mission matter together as a church. Because people are living without reference for the coming judgment. But not only this, the second reason our mission still matters is this, that people are still ignorant of the way of salvation. Verses 14 through 17 and also uh, verse 21 give us a clear 
wonderful, beautiful picture that while judgment on sin is very real, there is hope for the sinner. That God has done something in His Son, Jesus Christ. And that while sin is real and we're accountable for it, and and, and the Scriptures teach that the wages of sin is death, And we understand that even all the way back to creation in Genesis 3, that when they broke the word of the Lord, that they would suffer the punishment that was promised, and that was death. We know from these verses that one has died already in our place for our sin. That, my friends, is the gospel. And the reason our mission still matters is not simply because people don't know that judgment is coming. It's because people don't know the gospel of Jesus. That's why our mission still matters. Because they need to know. They need to conclude just like Paul did. They need to conclude just like we have that one has died for all. And therefore, all have died. They need to know that they no longer need to live for themselves, but for Him who for their sake died and was raised. That the way of salvation is open and paved and secure for the people of God. That's why our mission still matters. Verse 21, For our sake He made Him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. What C.S. Lewis called the great exchange. In that moment on the cross when Jesus Christ died, He was perfect and sinless. But all of our sin was imputed unto Him. And in that moment, He was a substitute that died in our place for our sin so that we might have His imputed perfection and righteousness to us so that we could now be saved from wrath. Let me say it this way. Jesus on the cross absorbed all of God's wrath against sin so that we might receive all of Christ's righteousness as a gift. People don't know that. People don't know. They're making assumptions about the way of salvation. One, they're making assumptions, I don't even need to be saved. A way of salvation isn't even necessary. People are making assumptions like, if I want to be saved from my sin, I just got to do better. I got to work hard. I got to make up for it with with righteous deeds. They're confused about the way of salvation. If I just live a moral life, if I'm good 51% of the time, then I'm good, I'll be saved. God will save me because I'm generally good most of the time. That's the kind of assumptions that people are making about the, the way of salvation. But what we know is what Paul has concluded, what the love of Christ is, is revealing that He died for us as the perfect, all-sufficient, 
substitute. And he did so as an act of love. People don't know the way of salvation. They do not know that the, the foundation of such a saving work is the love of God. He loves his own people. And what does John 3.16 tell us? For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. That is the Gospel. People don't know it. People don't know. Jesus died for them as an act of sacrificial love. And gave them the gift of salvation, a gift they did not deserve. Maybe that's you today. Maybe you've been making all the wrong assumptions about salvation. Maybe you've never heard about Jesus. Maybe you never knew the depth of his love where he was willing to absorb all of his father's wrath on your behalf so that you might receive his righteousness. If you've never heard that before, I implore you today, see Jesus for all that he is. Embrace him. Trust in him. Embrace him by faith. Be saved from your sin and from God's wrath. And we're told here that as that happens, that everything about us changes. Verse 17. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. Amen. Behold, new has come. This substitutionary death, when embraced by faith, radically reshapes who we are. We're righteous. We are made new. We no longer look at people in the same way. We're no longer perceived in the same way as Paul talks about. We see Jesus in a different way. We are absolutely made new from the core of who we are. See Jesus Trust in Jesus. Reject your works. See the deceit and the lies that culture is selling you. That all is going to be fine and you can do whatever you want. That there's no need to be saved. Or at the very least, that you could just do better. And God will accept you. No, it is the conclusion that Paul came to that you must come to, that the only solution to your sin and the coming judgment is this, one has died for all, and his name is Jesus. So receive him. Our mission still matters because people are ignorant of the way of salvation. They need to hear that, friends. People in this community, people in your life need to hear the gospel, the good news about Jesus. That's why our mission still matters. And last, 
saying similar things maybe in a different way with a, with a different emphasis. The third reason our mission still matters is because God still grants peace to sinners. And that is wonderful news to think about right there. God still grants peace to sinners on the basis of his son. That's Jesus again. But listen to this. Through the ministry of his church. Why does our mission still matter? Because what God is doing in the world is on the basis of his son through the ministry of the church. A church like ours. God's still working in and through a church like ours. Isn't that exciting to think about for a minute? God's still working in and through your lives, Renovation Church. Do you believe that? I mean, you watch the news. Everything stinks. Nothing good in the world. There's no hope. Only despair and discouragement. But the scriptures correct us. They wake us up to reality. That in the midst of all the difficulties we have, and they are real, I don't mean to minimize them, there is still a God granting peace to sinners through the ministry of his church. Isn't that wonderful? I don't know about you. Like, I think about what is my life all about? What am I living for? What at the end of the day are, are we getting after? That's exciting to me. That wakes me up in the morning. That God's still at work in the world. And he is doing this in and through his people. What purpose we have as the church, 2023 exciting to me he says in verses 8 through 18 through 20 all this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that is in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation big important word reconciliation We don't want to miss this one. Reconciliation. What does that mean? What does it mean to reconcile? Such an important word. Leon Morris tells us this. The word to reconcile means to effect a thorough change back to effect a thorough change back again sin is real and the consequences of our sin is that it severs and disrupts our relationship with God we were made to know enjoy obey and live in the blessing of the God who made us But because of sin, there was rift. There was enmity between us and God. And what the gospel tells us, what Paul is saying, is that God did something in Jesus on the cross to effect a thorough change back to peace. 
because of Jesus, God has secured for sinners peace. Such a crave in our world, peace. On what basis can we know and enjoy peace in this life? You can only know and enjoy peace on the basis of Jesus Christ and his cross. Anything else will be superficial and temporary. But when you come to know Jesus, when you place your faith in him, you now have a a peace with God that is eternal and can never be taken away from you because the issue has been dealt with. Sin. Not counting his sins against us. Our sin has been dealt with on the cross and now we have restored peaceful fellowship with God. If you're looking for peace, you must turn to God because that's where it's found. If you're looking for peace, like a peace that is real, not just manufactured and conjured up, not fake, not superficial, not just get along tolerance kind of stuff, but peace in the deepest part of who you are, where everything that is wrong is made right by the power of the Spirit on the basis of Jesus, turn to God in faith. You will receive peace. Therefore... Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Jesus is our peace. God reconciles us back to him on the basis of his son. And that whole ministry of reconciliation, that whole message of reconciliation has been given to and entrusted to the church, right? God has given the church the the ministry of reconciliation. God has entrusted to the church the message of reconciliation. And again, we're instructed that we are God's instruments in the world. Whatever God is going to do in the world, he is primarily going to do through all of Christ's people. One of the things that we've been doing over the last couple weeks is reminding you of your instrumentality. We've used words like the people of God, recipients of mercy. We've used words like witnesses. You are God's witnesses in the world. And today we come to know again another facet that shapes our sense of identity as the people of God. Paul tells us, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. Church, you are ambassadors for Christ. Christians, you are ambassadors for Christ. That's who God has made you to be. He's entrusted to you a ministry of reconciliation. He has given you a message of reconciliation, and he has made you his ambassador. That just means that in this world, you represent him. You're his representative. And you're his messenger. 
Both of those things are true in the idea of ambassador. Ambassador is someone who is sent by a ruler to represent him and bring his authoritative message. Sent by a ruler to represent him and bring his authoritative message. That's an ambassador. That's who you are. You've been sent by King Jesus to represent him in the world and to share his authoritative message with people who are far from God. What a place of privilege for us. We are the ambassadors of Christ. And Paul says, what do we do because of that? As ambassadors, we implore people. Be reconciled to God. Turn to God in repentance and faith. See the way of salvation. Live in reference to the judgment. See how you can be saved. Don't miss it. Now's the moment. He goes on to say, now is the day of salvation. Don't miss it. That's the message of the church. Jesus died for you. And because of his death, you can be reconciled back to fellowship with him. You can know real peace. You can have your sins forgiven. You can walk in newness of life. And you can live with such purpose as instruments, as ambassadors. Our mission still matters to us, Renovation Church. Don't think for one minute that it's grown stale. We may have forgotten. We may have gotten wrapped up in tons of religious ministry activities. And maybe we've forgotten how it all fits together. It's all because of the mission we've been called to. See how it comes together. It's all that we're doing. It's all part of what God is doing in this world through us as a local church. Our mission still matters. It's kind of wild. Like We're in our 25th year. This is married, right? 25th? Yeah, good. I remembered. 25th year. Right? We've been a family for, we're in our 20th year as a family, which is also crazy. You know, we got this family vision statement. You know, it used to be like above the sink and you get a bunch of like food boogers all over it, you know, because it's above the sink. You know, you're washing dishes, you know, you never know what's going to happen. You're going to splatter. Well, we got it re, uh, this year. For, was it Christmas? My birthday. My birthday. We got it done on a nice picture. It's real cute now. You know. Point is this. Every once in a while, I, I don't know, maybe this is just us. We forget. Right? We get a little off track. It's a family. And every once in a while, Dorian and I just got to sit down together and remind ourselves and we got to bring our kids to the table. You know, they love it. Hey, guys, everyone downstairs, family meeting. It's like, oh. <laughs> Dad's going to yell vision at us. <sighs> They're not wrong. 
And we sit with them and we say, guys, we're out of whack. We're off the tracks a little bit. Let's not forget who you are. Let's not forget, Maisie's, what we're trying to get at together as a family. Let's have a reset to gospel priorities, Maisie's. And then we pray. And we ask God to fill us with the Spirit. And I wonder if maybe that's where we're at. I don't want to overstate it, but I definitely don't want to understate it. Where we are as a church. Just need a moment. That's what this three-week three series has been. We just need a moment. We need reminded who we are. We need reminded who we are. We need reminded what this is all about. We need to reset some gospel priorities together. Friends, our work isn't done. Our mission still matters. And you know, if you could just humor me for a minute, I think it's important to remember as well that the missionaries matter too. The mission matters, but so do the missionaries. And that's us. That's us. That's you. You still matter as a part of this church. You still matter. So let me be clear. like We still need you in this mission. Still. We still need you. We still need you to know and love the gospel of Jesus. Every one of us. We still need you to believe God is at work in the world, to embrace that hope as a church. We need you to know who you are. Recipients of mercy. You're the people of God. You're witnesses to the resurrection. You're ambassadors for Christ. That's who you are. That's who God has made you to be. We need you to know that. We need you to live into that. We need you to be broken for this community. And if you're not, just pray that God breaks you. Pray that the Spirit fills you and opens your eyes to see need. We need you to be broken for people in your life that are far from God. We need you to lay aside secondary temporal priorities and, and structure your life in local church gospel ministry. That's what we need you to do. We need you to pray fervently for the Spirit of God to move in central New York. We need you to gather weekly for worship. We need you to Come together and praise God for what he's done and cry out to him and be strengthened through the preaching of the word, through the receiving from the table. We need you to gather for worship weekly. Let's be committed to these things. 
We need you to pursue Jesus in private devotion, in scripture reading. All of this is fueling and feeding us for the mission we're called to. We need you to disciple each other, to invest in each other, to get in a missional community, to build relationships. Open your homes up. Spouses, love on each other. Invest in your marriage. It's all instrumental to the mission. We need to live evangelistically, friends. We need to open our homes to people who are far from God. We need to give in radical generosity to a world that's so in need. We need you to serve, as my grandpa would say, we need you to serve your fannies off. Serve. Give. Right? We no longer live for ourselves, but we live for him who died and was raised. Amen? So let us serve. Build each other up with your gifts. Serve in kids' ministry. Serve in facilities. Serve in connection and hospitality. Serve in women's discipleship and men's discipleship. Serve. It's all fitting together. It's all part of the mission. It's all leading to the glory of God through the proclamation of His Son, Jesus Christ. And no one likes to talk about money. But I'm going to anyway. We need radical generosity. We need to give. This mission matters. It's no small thing. We need you to structure your budget in your life in a way that sets itself to kingdom priorities. Give to your church regularly, proportionately. Give till it hurts at great cost to the budget, which I believe the budget just all the more highlights the importance of the mission. It still matters. The things that we're doing is good gospel ministry. We need to develop leaders and recent college students in partnership with strong universities, just like we are with Cedarville. Reach 315, that internship residency program, it matters. It's for the mission of bringing students and young leaders here to reach 315. It all matters. We need to keep sending mission teams to for, uh, other countries, build partnerships. And you know what? There's still a church. There's, uh, Liverpool still does not have a church that preaches the gospel in the village. That bothers me. The 3,500 people that live there, there's not one church in the village that's preaching the gospel. We need to plant churches. We need all of us to see how it's all fitting together and give our lives to it. It matters. Imagine the kind of momentum and synergy that could happen over time, week in and week out, as we give ourselves over to this together. Imagine.
People are living without reference to judgment. They don't know the Jesus who died to save them from wrath. People haven't been reconciled to God by faith in Jesus. People need to hear this message of reconciliation from these ambassadors that are sitting here. Friends, our mission still matters. Amen? Still matters. Let's pray. Father, you have saved through your Son. You have made peace through your Son. You have conquered our enemies, Satan, sin, and death. There is nothing more significant. There is nothing more important. This is everything to us as the people of God. This is the foundation of the mission that we have. Oh God, fill us with your spirit. Make us your ambassadors and use us for your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.